Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Hey, Brad, how's it going? I'm doing great. Had a good weekend, a little bit of relaxation without a three-year-old. Now, uh... What happened to your kid? He went to Eastern Oregon. That's going to be great on air. I know. I know. It won't make any sense. It sounded good in my head. Yeah, I, I hope so. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only place. But uh, I had just a good relaxing weekend with the wife and uh, not a lot of productivity. Went to a retreat together, so it was good. It's good. How about yours? It was good. Busy weekend. Yeah. Good weekend, but busy. We got... Uh, Oh, what did I get done here? Little house, little little house around the work, and then uh, helped a helped a buddy with his new bike. Okay, but you all okay? So, but you forgot a big thing was working on your your bike ah, and actually taking it for a ride. Your so, your uh, street triple because you haven't given us the status update on this. You just worked on it. No, yeah. So we got it on. And then I, I, you've been, I've been I got sitting scared. here for a week, whether or not the bike is okay. Yeah, I got it on. Got scared. Didn't fire it up. Don't worry about that. Um, no, all's well. It ends well. Don't worry about it, but it's okay. Yeah, everything worked out great. I okay. got, uh, got the gasket, got everything that needed, put it all back together. Um, decided not to. So you know, if you didn't listen last week, go back listen. It's fairly short, but I talked about timing chain adjuster and the install there on the street triple anyway i was making noise at cold start and i popped in a manual cam chain adjuster but in doing so at one point the adjuster sorry the guide blade for the cam chain lower mount had popped out in pulling the case off okay and so it stressed me out yep, um, yep i remember this but i decided to I basically went logical and intelligent engineering without the official check all the specs engineering. Um, but in looking at the design of the blade, I found out or I realized that there's really no way that if the lower mount came off, that the cam chain could loosen enough to shift. Um, if now, if the whole thing fell down or if the upper blade wasn't still supported, then it definitely has plenty of room to move. Cause that's where all the swing is, is on the upper portion. Mm-hmm. Lower portion is basically right up against the gear. So even if it comes loose, it just slides a, a millimeter off the gear teeth, which isn't enough to adjust or shift. So I decided that that was the case. I decided that I didn't hear anything shift. I didn't see anything that looked concerning, um, I decided to forego pulling the valve cover and actually checking all three timing marks. <sighs> basically I jammed it back in, put the bolt or not the bolt, but the little, uh, basically it's a, uh, a dowel pin that holds it back in place. And then I installed the camp manual cam chain to spec. What, what they said. Right. So that's a good recap of where we were last episode. And I fired it up. And so you fired it up and no problems. Sounds no problems. Great. It was perfectly adjusted. You didn't adjust it sure. anymore. Sure. You didn't have to do any so adjustments? So I went in and double-checked it three times because okay. 
That's what I do. This is uh, Addison here. I'm just making sure. Yeah, I went and double checked. Re, you know, repulled the cover. Played. Uh-huh. Uh, this makes sense. Yeah. Re, you know, re basically put a put a nut on the uh, crankshaft, uh-huh. respun the engine just yeah. to make sure that turned it in. It basically was still a half turn or a quarter turn from hitting. Yeah. Then I, you know, spun it basically to where it would go, removed it to quarter turn, rode it from there again for a day. Still felt okay. Of course, then that end of that day, I did it again just to make sure. It sounded the same after all three iterations. So I've decided that three for three, if we don't hear anything bad, doesn't sound too tight. Right. But you, you told okay. me not on, on air, but you had mentioned that you could hear something slightly the first time you started it up, right? Correct. And then you tightened it, and then you've gone through some iterations of just making sure that it was so okay. The, yeah, the first time I tightened it just a, a hair more, so I just kind of redid it again, trying to kind of get the feel for, because it is a touchy-feely, we talked about this last week, but it's a very touchy-feely spec. Mm-hmm. So to make sure I had the feel for how tight it should be before I back it off a quarter turn, I played with it a couple times. But It drives me nuts. I don't like the look of it, man. I'm, yeah. just saying, I'm just saying aesthetically, it seems like, why is there so much threat? Why is it so long? Why? Yeah, that's fair. It sticks. It just doesn't. It's okay. It's fine. It just doesn't look right. Probably it doesn't, doesn't have to be quite right. so long, but it's fine. Quite so long. It's like almost three quarters of an inch too long. Depends. Okay. Well, how much play? How much are you gonna play? Are you gonna take out of it with that before you're like, ah, you know, it's time to put a new chain on. Oh yeah, it'll never really get any shorter. Yeah. yeah so, so I just that's what I mean. Even I'm getting at. you know, a quarter turn is. Is a what about a ten millimeter adjustment? Yeah. So yeah. it'll never need more than fifteen twenty millimeters. So now looking at what you purchased, is that something that you could ever see yourself just making? I if I had a machine shop, possibly, but there's no reason to. The price really isn't bad. Fifty bucks? Yeah. For what it is, it's. I mean, it's. Three, I know, but three to be able to pieces. make it look not, we have a, we have a machine shop that we can use. Sure. No, I don't see a need for it. Okay. Okay, I know. I know it's proven part. You 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 got your book. I don't see a need in the yeah the basically. So you know the the bolt that that goes in and and adds pressure to the to the blade um, is in kind of a an internal shaft that fits into the outer case of the engine, and the the tolerance on that is pretty tight. Um, and now I don't know. I didn't use a cheap one. Didn't go with a cheap one. I haven't played with the cheap one mm-hmm. it looked pretty papery but based on reviews or was that the book oh that was the previous one yeah but based on <laughs> reviews of other brands a little more generically mass produced or or out of other countries type um solutions to this that they don't quite fit right you bolt them on and you basically hope that the gaskets and o-rings are picking up the slack Okay. On this one, the O-ring, the little O-ring guide in it, everything is pretty precision. I mean, it, it fit like I would expect a factory part to fit in there. Okay. So, I, you know, along those lines, I know it's a good quality part. Um, APE does a good job. They're pretty tri- true, tested and true. Nobody's having problems. Um, I'm happy with it. And they really upheld, I, I know we kind of got into that a little bit already, but they upheld their, their uh, it's not really a warranty issue, but... They had some shipping concerns that happened somewhere in between them and me. Yeah, you can check out the episode. We and, talked about it briefly. Yeah, yeah, last last week should be the episode here. But they uh, they they went ahead and fixed that real easy and, and no problems. So yeah. So who's the winner of the book? That's a good question. I don't even remember the competition on that one. 
that's sad. I couldn't either. But yeah, you're the one that came up that. with the competition. Oh no, somebody. You have to. You, if you find us, I'll bring the book next event. Okay. Oh, oh okay. So it's still open. Okay. Yeah, it's still open. I'll, we'll have okay. it in the bag every time. We I, go you know, somewhere. I just feel like nobody came and punched me at the one moto show or anything like yeah, that. That was disappointing, by the way, <laughs> on my side at least. I was really waiting for Brad to be laying on the ground, knocked out. Yeah, there was a couple guys that I figured would have done it. That we know that we're in a group that were with us okay. that I expected yeah. uh, to do that. Really disappointed but, in that. But uh, I think we need to hype this one up a little bit more that they, they're going to get this. I'm going to Cabin in the Woods, man. They made a movie out of it. The book's got to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a... Uh, and know. this one's uh, shipped out of the APE facility. Yeah, it's got to be or awesome. Or they're near about. Yeah. Maybe there'll be something good in with the book. I don't know. Got to make this, you know, somewhat exciting. I mean, who wants a book? Yeah, that's true. We're not a reading generation. We got movies these days. Yeah. Speaking of staying in and reading books, how you feeling? I'm, you know, I, I got a little bit of a headache, and all this talk about uh, this uh, Corona and Lyme virus, I'm a little concerned. I don't know what that means. I think uh, I don't know about any of this. I have not been paying attention to any of the news, but I, I hear random people. I don't know. If that's I hear for people or worse. talking. And I hear random tidbits of information of chaos. Is well, yeah. that what it's been like for you? Have you seen chaos? Do you have extra face masks at home for everyone in your family? Because you can't get those anymore. Oh, Amazon's these are gone. been sold out for weeks. Is this serious? Yeah. No way. If you need toilet paper, at least our local Costco up in Washougal or in Camas, out of toilet paper. I don't understand that correlation, but they're out. Were they out of kale as well? I mean, last Snowmageddon in Portland area, it was like kale and other unknown vegetables and uh, I hear batteries and are milk. in limited supply. I hear some of the canned foods and water and, and things like this. Are, so are they concerned. expecting that they're just going to stay in there? I mean, are people going to work? I think that's the, the concern. Well, if you look at So China, if all of a sudden I Japan, hear of somebody like being sick in my workplace, am I going to just take two weeks off? Yeah. That, I don't think that my... helps anything. How does that help? I don't know. but I, I don't get it. That's kind of what's happened in other countries, so the fear is that it'll, it'll come here. So the U.S. is going to say nobody can leave their house for two yeah. weeks. We're not that kind of society. It's not going to happen, man. No. It's not going to happen. So I'm trying to understand. If I need to stay home because I don't want to get anybody else sick for two weeks, I can understand the being having supplies. Yeah. But everything else doesn't make any sense. Well, I think that's the concern. If you get sick, you're basically forced to stay in your home or not forced voluntarily. Uh, I think they quarantine you somewhere else, don't they? Mm, less, no. At the hospital? Sure, in certain cases, but... They're going to send you home. When it becomes They're going to send you back into public. When it becomes mass, right? I mean, that's what's happening right now. People are self-quarantining, basically. Being told to stay home and they're responsible for doing that. So, I, I, it's just a whole thing. I haven't seen any news, so you got to fill me in here. I, I know that we're out of toilet paper now at Costco. I don't shop there anyway. Sorry. You just don't Sorry. want to get the flu. I, I know. It has nothing. Me shopping at Costco has nothing to do with getting the flu. Oh, that's not true. There's a lot of people at Costco. Is there? Yeah. Do they all have the You've flu? You've been there. You know. I've had a few hot dogs there. A yes. lot of people there. Yes. Um, but yeah, you just don't want to get sick. I mean, it, it really it seems like it's affecting the elderly and the young and or those with pre-existing conditions. The young. So what's the what's the age range? I mean, people I are pe- everybody listening's probably already up yeah, to Yeah, they know about this. this. I'm not worried about it. Okay. I'm worried about this. Why? I don't know cuz everybody else is freaking out. Should I be freaking out? Yeah, you should have bought food. Now I should have bought food. I don't yeah. have food. Your grocery store's out of food. Nothing you can do about it. You're going to starve. I guess I'm going to go to the dollar store and see if they have anything there. Nope. No? Dollar store doesn't sell food. 7-Eleven? Possibly. 
Okay. <laughs> I know the kind of food I'm going to end up with now. That's going to be a lot of taquitos and, and hot dogs. Yeah. Something. But uh, no, that's that's going around. I'm glad you're feeling okay, though. Minus your headache. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the flu. Could be. I don't get this, man. I don't know. At least we know that you can't contract the coronavirus via podcast. So you would, you we could be, be you could be giving it to me. You're the one that shops at Costco. That's true. You're gonna be okay. I'm in the same room with you. Nah, you're a healthy grown man. You'll be all right. Just all don't right. spend time with your family. Don't. Okay. <laughs> Makes no. I don't sense. know. I, I think, unfortunately, I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better. But the big thing I, I heard is a lot of industry, a lot of public locations in China. And, and I mean, I see, I've seen the China statistics. I don't know if it's happening in other Asian countries that, that are also having issues with it. But they've shut down a lot of central air. So my biggest lesson learned is since a motorcycle doesn't have central air, with the exception of a Goldwing, um, you're good to go. As long as you're riding every day, you're good. You won't have that central air in your car all the time blowing coronavirus into your face. Wait, I don't get this. I don't understand. That's, what they're, doing, that's what they're doing to limit. You have the entire the atmosphere that you're in. No, it's it's contracted similar to the flu in in moisture and coughs and sneezes and things like that. So it's just incredibly contagious and only takes a little bit to get you pretty ill. But yeah, if you shut down central air, then at least you're not moving from room to room that same air. I think that's what they're finding is it's helping. I don't get it. Whatever. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'm not. What? Okay. Yeah. You heard it here first. Just don't stay worry away about from it. everyone else and ride motorcycles and you won't get sick. I'm just going to stay at home for the next year and a half. Or ride motorcycles. Ride motorcycles? That's yeah. going to solve the problem? Mm-hmm. What if I need a new motorcycle? That means I have to meet somebody and they might have it. Mm, you may not have to. You can do the deal over the internet, PayPal the money and have the motorcycle sitting there waiting for I you. don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about new purchases, you hinted at somebody uh, you know buying a new motorcycle, and uh, I'm sure you were able to go with him. I was not. No. no. He. Uh, okay. So he, went, he knew he knew what he was looking for. I think he knew what he wanted. He did. He he picked one out. One of the first three that he sent. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. We uh, we worked on it a little bit, and you were aware of this, but we threw a couple of options around of things we saw on Craigslist or OfferUp or other locations as well. Yeah. Um, but it looks like he settled on a Buell Blast. Oh. Which I think is an awesome starter bike. I yeah, that, you know I what? I don't have choice. a problem with that. Not a lot of lot of power, but kind of unique. Um, very reliable. Pretty reliable. From what I understand. Uh, low maintenance. I mean, you got hydraulic valves. You've got an automatic choke. You've got. I mean, you it don't is have carbureted. to fully understand. It is carbureted. Yeah. But you don't have to understand too many of the nuances of that bike to be able to just run it. Yeah. Especially if he's planning to daily ride it. I mean, once the carburetor is 100%. Wait, wait. Really the carburetor's not 100%? That's a good question. We're not sure yet. So I went, uh, he got it home, said he rode home fine, no problems. Okay. And then uh, since then has struggled to get the bike to rev at all, really. It'll give him about ten percent throttle, and then it'll it'll uh, basically die on him. Um, Ignition so, module is wet from sitting outside in the rain. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. Just that's my suggestion. But we uh, it wouldn't uh, fire up the same if that was the case. Maybe. But Maybe it's we, all the other safety circuits. 
We've uh, we've looked at it. We cleaned out to, to a basic level, cleaned the jets, and checked the lower end of the carb. Um, kind of what was easy to get to. Check the air right. filter. Check the at least the tank. It's a plastic tank, so it's pretty hard to have any corrosion in there. Um, but realistically, there's no obvious red flags. Yeah. Uh, the the bowl had a little bit of gunk in the bottom, but really the the carburetor was pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Um. Air cleaner looks like it was somewhat freshly cleaned. It's a K&N filter. I just told, you know, he was worried about keeping up on that. I told him just get a, a factory Harley-Davidson filter to replace it when, you know, when you're ready to replace it when it comes time. Oh, you're not going to suggest just buying a recharge kit for it? No, I think it's easier. If he's not going to maintain it and keep up on it in the same way and he's not looking for that extra performance, he just wants a bike, I think a paper filter is the way to go for him. He doesn't need the extra airflow. It's not like it's tuned for yeah, that. But you, you don't have exhaust. to pay. If the, the recharge kit for that would last forever. Uh, it's a fair amount of work, and it means he can't ride for two days. If he's looking to ride every day, a paper filter is the way to go. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. He could do every other, get a recharge. If he's riding it regularly, he's not going to ride it on the weekends, I'm assuming. Just that for fun. Maybe true. May not be true. I don't know. I don't know either. We're going to find him, really. out. Yeah. Well, he's not writing it at all. But he's not yet because it isn't revving well. So we're looking at it. We'll uh, spark plug, replace the spark plug, change the oil. I've kind of left him with a, a shopping list of things to both purchase yep. and do. New fuel. I think new fuel is a big one. I kind of recommended that. I, it doesn't sound like that's the direction we're going immediately on his end. But highly recommend fresh fuel. And I've kind of continued to push that because mm-hmm. it could be just that easy. As a, It's a single cylinder 500 on a small cane carb. Mm-hmm. It's a CV carb. It should be, I mean, it very well could be just bad fuel. Okay. The, you know, the ethanol is burned off. Therefore, the octane level is not good. And once we try to burn it a little bit quicker with the engine, it's not burning. It feels more like a main jet issue. The pilot jet, obviously, it idles fine. So the, the pilot jet would be fine. But the main jet. It, that's what it feels like to me. That once it tries to pull the needle up, right, the, the bike isn't... He's trying to flow more air, but he's not getting more fuel. Mm-hmm. Is what it feels like it's doing. We haven't verified any of that, so we'll get into it. Okay. I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit about this. There should be a little bit of progress every time we get a little bit deeper into it. I imagine once a week we'll do something new to it, and hopefully, you know, in between that, he's doing a lot more. It's just unfortunate, because we found some that were... Nice. Yeah, it gets into that conversation of, of you know, how much extra do you have to pay to kind of not have to deal with these heartaches? Yeah. And sometimes, especially on these beginner bikes that are a little bit older, it's not a ton. I mean, in fairness, you know, you're talking two grand for a bike that's ready to rock with no work and 1400 for one that's not. I mean, is it worth the extra 600 bucks to just not have any headaches? Or theoretically, because you still don't know. There could still be a problem you're just not aware of. Yeah. But, you know, less miles. It depends what you're willing to pay for. Yeah. Just buy a new carburetor for it. Get it over with. In fairness, it's only a couple hundred. I mean, you could have one rebuilt ready to go for 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. Pop it in and then you know for sure it's not a problem. On a similar fashion, you can get a full rebuild kit for about 35 bucks. So that's probably more the route we'll go on the carburetor. I think there's value in just replacing all the seals. Mm-hmm. making sure it didn't seem like it had any air leaks uh, we yeah. sprayed around it and there was no if it change. was him doing it i would suggest that he just buys a new carburetor 
because you're working on it, I think it's fair that you guys are going to do the the rebuild. I think it's a good learning lesson of tearing it apart fully and seeing yeah, what Well, just making sure that you have the right person there, that you're going through the process, that you have some sort of a manual for adjustments of everything, make sure that you're getting it back together correctly. I think that's the most critical thing there. But Fortunately, It sounds like you're going to get it together. It's electronically it's just... controlled in certain levels, and there are very few adjustments. Right, and those electronically controlled are my concern. And that's where all the other safety modules like the kickstand and, and such need to be taken into consideration if it's ever been tipped over. And I know that the bike's in good position, but there's some things in there that can actually cause some, uh, you know, some erratic behavior that doesn't quite make sense. So because it's electronically controlled, that should be considered at least. But you, you guys are going to get it. So we'll look I'm, at it and I'm see what's good. going on. That's good. That's good. Way to help out the community. That's right. We'll uh, we'll get another rider on the road with his new first bike. So, yeah. so and you said you actually liked it. I've been very surprised cool at bike. how you've talked about this Harley Davidson motorcycle. It'll be a fun bike. Yeah. I think if I you know if you that's but that's always my caveat when I talk about any bike. If I live closer to work, those little bikes would be great. I do yeah. too much freeway to where I don't want to be full throttle all the time. I don't think you're going to have to be that way on that bike full throttle. I mean, it's a five-speed 500. I don't see it being much different than the GL. On the GL, I'm rung out pretty hard. Yeah, gearing's going to be different. I think it wouldn't be too bad. It's not going to be too bad. Yeah. Rung out on a 250 of a similar styling of a bike, but in a 500, I think it'll be okay. That's fair. I think it'll be okay. That's a fun little bike, but I've got enough bikes. Got enough bikes. Looking forward to getting on that zero, that new Zero. Oh. You and I got to schedule that and get that set up now that the weather's turning better. Before the coronavirus shuts everything down. I know we don't have a video of this, but just uh, just a heads up. Uh, if you have a zero motorcycle, you know, instantaneous torque, don't don't be showing off and playing around, especially around speed bumps. We saw one guy go down pretty hard. We saw a video of somebody had just fixed their zero, got it rideable, and then ended up totaling it. So, or at least it looked pretty totaled. Somebody will work on it, obviously. But, uh, yeah, be careful with that. Don't show off. Don't play around. You don't show off anyway, right? Yeah. Any bike. There's not necessarily a need for that. I think more accidents happen just from trying to show off or do something like that. Yeah, and the first thing riding. I heard was something along the lines of, I'm scared, it's too torquey, or something along <laughs> that, right? In that video? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's a personal video. We don't have it. We can't share it. We don't have it to share. But uh, it was just uh, unfortunate. Makes me get excited about riding it one. It may though. show up on YouTube. Good. You could. Seems proud of the video. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that he was sharing it. Obviously, somebody else recorded it of him, but yeah. uh, I don't think I would be sharing that with anybody. In, but anyway. Nonetheless, we Very do squid. have a topic this week. Oh, we do. And it kind of gets in the new rider conversation. Okay. So. Brad, you brought this up a while back, that there's a possible up-and-coming, technically it's already existing, trend in the automotive purchasing market. Yes. You brought up a trend that, in looking at the research on it, was so the article was very specifically related to Nissan creating a new subscription plan. Sure, yes. This article related to for $699. Wow, yep. You could basically have unlimited use of four different Nissans. Right, and that included everything, from that in, what I understand. Yep, that included it insurance. Wasn't, it said insurance. I don't know if that was 
what all that entailed, but it did say insurance. So more let's than assume just vehicular insurance. It could have. Let's assume it was everything. I don't know. Let's assume it was everything. Just but we'll assume it. Yeah, for for the sake of numbers, we'll assume it's everything. But it included insurance, all the maintenance, yep. and ownership of the vehicle. Right? right. Uh, did it include registration? I think it included everything. Yeah, that because would you, have, it you would have. Would have any, you would have had any. Are you going to have to pay for registration? Yeah, each every time, time you switch. No. no. So it included okay. registration, everything. Basically, your entire cost of ownership, right, minus gas. Is covered by seven hundred dollars a month. Right, but and for uh, this, you yeah. get an Altima. Yes. You get a uh, Rogue. Right. You get a Pathfinder. Yes. And you get a what's the truck? Frontier. Frontier. Thank you. The little truck. Yeah. Um, Was there you, only four? But you only you didn't yes. get you only got one at a time. You got one at a time. But anytime you, you wanted to switch, you want. they would send somebody from the dealership to your house and deliver the vehicle to you. Deliver it to you and, and drive take, home the old one. The other one home, which is very interesting. Now, I agree it's very interesting. The specifics weren't entirely clear on this. It's not for me. Whether it was a new car, brand new, zero mile, or within a certain range, or what range that was, whether it was yeah. certified There's used. There's no way that it was brand new, but I would old. say, yeah, it was relatively new. Let's say three years. Mo- I have to assume years. it would have to be newer than a lease return. Because if that's the case, I'm just going to lease a car for $300, $400 less. Yeah, but the, see, this is where the benefit comes in. Sure, I can buy a car for less than that, right? Than less than seven hundred. I can lease a car for less than seven hundred. So, but the benefit is, is no strings attached. I can return it. I can be done with true. it. Like, there's no commitment for three years or for a year, right? So at any time after that month is over, I can no longer participate in the program. And the other big benefit that I thought was very intriguing, especially in the mar- motorcycle industry, would be that. I can. I have all of these vehicles at my disposal. I need a truck, but I don't need a truck every day. I'm going to commute most of the time. Oh, boom! I'll just. Uh, I'll ask for a Nissan uh, Frontier for for a week. For a week, because I'm going to start doing some remodeling. I need to be able to awesome take some gravel stuff for a week. Right? Yep. Yeah. No problem. Just call them. They bring it to me. I start driving it. I'm done with it. I get the Ultima again if I wanted, or the Pathfinder, whatever it is. Sure. No, I see the benefit there, um, as well as the the maintenance benefit, I think, is big. I mean, if you really break down the cost of ownership of a vehicle, it's more than your monthly payment, right? It's your insurance rate. Yep. It's your registration fees. I was pretty surprised about the insurance, but I think they would have to carry it based on how many different vehicles you have. That would be really chaotic otherwise. Okay, yes. I have to assume there's a blanket that covers the most expensive option of all of them. Yes. And you just carry that the whole time, which would... Makes some sense why it's so expensive. But there's also maintenance, which isn't crazy expensive. But as the vehicle gets three years old, you're yeah, talking a couple new, of major it's maintenances. It's brand new. It's not that old, right? Yeah, that, that includes tires. That includes, right? You know everything. And it didn't seem like there was. It seemed very rental equivalent, where there wasn't really a mileage limit. There wasn't really none of the specifics were said. Yeah, but I think there was off, a lot of details that we didn't get. It came but. off very rental, very rental adjacent, right? right. To where you can get a car, you can drive as much as you want, and when you're done, you dump it and get another one. And that's all great for a car, but what does that mean for a motorcycle So that's guy? what I think it's interesting to talk about. Now, Nissan's got one, and it's, what, 700 for their basic cars for another 200 So for 900 yep. you can get a nicer group of cars. Right. You can get the Maxima. You can get uh, um, the Titan. You can get a 370Z. You can get their, uh, oh, what's the... Armada, mm-hmm. you can get better cars. Right. Or for an additional $150 a day, or was it a week? Do you remember? I can't remember. For it, a lot of extra money, you can get a GTR. <laughs> yes. But um, 
irrelevant to that, if we look at the numbers, so based on that, you can kind of look at this. You can kind of look at the statistics here. Excuse you. Well, I had to get that brain fart out before I could say the word. Yeah. If you look at the statistics on this, basically it's a two hundred dollar gap between a car that's ten thousand dollars more. If you round off the value of the smaller cars versus the value of the bigger, the larger cars, you're talking about a ten thousand dollar gap. Okay. Which tells me that the other five hundred dollars is related to so that we're talking a forty five thousand dollar car versus a thirty five thousand dollar car. Okay. So now you've got plus you've got your insurance and other maintenance and other fees. So I have to assume that three hundred dollars of that or so is related to your fees. Okay. And you've got your base rental price that's now four hundred dollars. Okay. And then you've got two hundred dollars more for basically a fifty percent greater vehicle, right? Okay. It's kind of what we're looking at numbers wise. How would this work in the motorcycle market? That's what I kind of wanted to understand is we talk about the five bikes all the time. Yes. And there is some intrinsic and inherent value in saying for one nominal fee, X dollars, I can have all five bikes. Yeah. But only have to store one at a time. Yes. I I don't have to have the five bikes in my garage. I only need my one garage. And when I'm ready to go for a spirited tour... I can have a touring bike dropped off. Right. When I want a little commuter bike. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I can have my commuter bike. And when I want to go dual sporting, I can have my dual sport. Yeah. Now, we've only talked about thus far kind of cost to this. But if you look at it, the average bike in that mid to low range bike, when we're talking about where you could have an adventure bike, a dual sport bike, a touring bike, a commuter bike, right? You can kind of get into that fi- a sport bike, that five bike, basic bike rule. Right. Nissan's kind of your JDM, one of your JDM brands, right? Just a simple Japanese. Yeah. I guess JDM is motorcycle, but talking about your, your Japanese cars. So we'll talk. That's yeah, all JDM. Yamaha. It's Japanese domestic market. That's fair. Okay. We're talking Yamaha, Cowie, and Suzuki now. When you look at those bikes, you're looking at $10,000 for kind of the premium versions of these basic needs bikes. Okay. Right? Yeah. You start getting into that 16 to 20 range if you're talking about an adventure touring bike or, you know, FJR, Super Tenere, talking about a crazy sport bike. I think what you're saying is that there's there's different possible tiers, really. There's different possible tiers. So you're going to have something that all of these five bikes are going to be kind of in the same price range, and they're going to have a certain function or something that's unique about them otherwise we wouldn't have all these different motorcycles in the world right and then you're going to have potentially whether it be the same manufacturer and they have multiple tiers or you have multiple multiple oems and they have their own and so if you want to go harley davidson you're looking at a completely different world versus uh suzuki but what i'm i guess what i'm trying to do as well is just kind of classify our conversation that if we look at the sub ten thousand dollar range, if we look at a ten thousand okay. dollar cap or thereabout, yeah. let's, rough, say it's, let's say it's just 10, roughly ten yeah. grand. Sure, go ahead. Then you're looking at a bike that fits all the categories. Yeah, you can find a bike from Suzuki, Yamaha, or Cowie that meets all of those five bikes at some level for ten grand. Right. Wait, you wait, wait. Get, you're saying five different bikes yes. that are available for under for 10, ten grand between eleven and six grand. There's five bikes that meet that within one OEM. Within each OEM. Yes. Okay. So we're talking right thirty-five, three to thirty-five for the Nissan, right? Lower class market. To me, the equivalent in the motorcycle world is that ten grand mark 
okay. for the Japanese bikes. Right, okay. you can get an XSR 900, you can get an FZ09, you could get a Tenere 700, you can get a, um, you know, you can get your F what FJ09, which is now the. Why am I drawing a blank? There's here? some awesome bikes in this. Anyway, range. Yep. you can get through basically anything you want. There's you can get R3. There's a number of bikes in this category around that 10 grand mark mm-hmm. that are very powerful, very competent bikes. We're not talking, you know, V Star 250s. Yeah. We're talking real bikes. Yeah, I think the R3 is even on the bottom end of that. But yeah, I, I would love yeah. to ride. Yeah. Right? And I'm, I'm expressing bikes that this now piques my interest in this this class of $10,000. Okay. Now, we're talking insurance, maintenance, all these different things, about a $300 a month mark on the cars. Mm-hmm. Let's just assume an equivalent thereabout because insurance would be less per vehicle. Maintenance would be more per vehicle, right? So let's just assume that registration should be less, theoretically, but um, that all of that levels out. Uh, okay, okay. Let's, for the sake of this discussion. The rate of insurance for me okay. on a car versus for me on a bike is about is, is less on the bike, my insurance rate. I, I hear what you're saying, but... Okay. At least where I'm at and when I look at my own insurance, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm just expressing what I know from, from what I can see, the data. Okay. I think there are situations, once you get a ticket, there are things that make the bike immediately skyrocket to a different level. The type of bike makes a huge difference. Type of bike makes a difference. But if you're talking sub-10, you're not talking an R1. You, but you're going to have R6. You're going to have those R6s and other things sure. that are going to be in that category, and those have high premiums, too. But R6 okay, is not bad. Okay, I'm just saying. Let's it's say still, it's 300. Let's just say it's 300. Still, 600cc bike is not that bad, even in the sport category. Okay. Okay. So, let's just say 300 there. Okay. And now you're talking what? It was $500 for a $3,500 bike. So now you're talking a third that price. So we're saying what? For four fifty a month, you could have five bikes. That seems to me like the premium price to do this. Possibly that, And less. that's making... that's So the big thing here is, and just like for Nissan, they got to make money. And Correct. so I know that you've put some information together, some data. I'm hoping that you're going to share some of that with uh, with the audience here. But um, is this leaving some margin for the OEM to make money? Because these are bikes that they're having to store, right? They got to keep these bikes around. They got to have them available. So they're gonna they can't just sell all their bikes or only have enough of what they want to sell at the store. They got to have some location. Which is usually the premium of one of those um, dealerships is bike storage and how long it's on the floor and uh, lost opportunity so for a sale. Here's my counter argument to this. I think we this may be a two parter. It was not originally intended to be, but I foresee us now that we're getting into it. It's taken a while. Um, here's my counter argument: is yes, shop floor space is a premium. Okay. But one of the biggest things that is detracting new riders or people from upgrading to different bikes is the inability to ride said bike. If you read online, if you ask someone, they love all kinds of bikes in picture, but they've never had the opportunity to get on one. They don't know if they really want it. So you go and you go to a demo day or you go... So you go to a demo day, you can go once a year to check out a Yamaha. You can go twice a year to check out an Indian. If you can't go that day or you're out of town or your family situation is such that you can't go or what you're sick, whatever it is, or it's pissing rain and you're not feeling like it, mm-hmm. then too bad you didn't. You missed your chance. Wait till next year or just gamble and buy the bike without riding it, right? Well, they'll let you ride it before you bought not, it. No, many dealers you. won't. 
No way. Harley is exceptionally good at that, and that's why Harley continues to sell well once they get someone in the door. Because they're exceptionally good at saying, try it, you're going to like it. Whereas many other dealerships are like, that's got zero miles. We're going to keep it that way unless you're showing me a bag of cash or pre-approved uh, you know, payments. If your loan is pre-approved or you got a bag of cash, okay, we're not going to let you take this out because you got to be pretty confident you're buying it. Okay, you can still back out if you hate it, yeah, but yeah, latest is good for that. You got to pretty much so. always be sure you're going to get it. But latest is pretty good about letting you just take it and run. Yeah, if you have an inkling to buy this bike, and you can show at least in fairness that you could buy said bike, I think if you show up and basically say, "I'm not looking to buy a bike. Can I just ride a bike?" They're a little bit more, right, like anyone. Why would we put miles on a bike if you're just wasting our time? Right. But if you're interested in buying bikes, they will put you on bikes. Mm-hmm. And they will try to sell you a bike. I think a used bike, they, will they let might you even sell let yourself you, a bike. I think a used bike, they might even let you just Used bike, they let you take it. We did that a little yeah. bit when I was first riding. I went up to just Even if you're not dealer. 100% going to buy, you want to take it for a ride, man, go ahead. Because yeah. they know that you, that ride makes the world of a difference. Just like dri- buy, buying a car. Well, you go and you drive it. Yes, yes, yes. Used bike's a different game. But this is not what I'm expressing, is you have a bunch of relatively basically new bikes that are having been rented out to this program, quote unquote, that you can now throw, when it's not at somebody's garage, you can now throw a potential rider on. Hey, yeah, we've got two XSRs in this rental program. Go put a few miles on them. Yeah, so, okay, so this is the problem I have. You now have demo bikes for days. No, 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 wait, wait. Let's say I've only got 10... Ten people. I'm doing this as a dealership, my own dealership. Some, and I okay. and I'm doing this as something that I put together. This is not something that because Kawasaki, Suzuki, or anybody. This is me going. I'm going to do this because I imagine that's probably not a Nissan, and it maybe it is a Nissan specific corporate program, but it could be dealership specific as well. Okay, I've got ten bikes. I've got ten people. Let's say I've only got ten people per month. Let's just say something okay. small. Ten people per month that I have these five bikes that they could take at any time. August comes along. Beautiful day. We've got some quick, uh, let's say we're going to do some some sort of event comes into town or near town. Everybody wants an XSR. i got to have ten XSRs? No. I think it's completely the whole premise, okay. The whole premise is that. availability. No. No. That doesn't work for me. And the reason that doesn't work for me is because I got into this program so I would have five bikes in my garage. And telling me that I don't have availability is like I don't have five bikes in my garage. I don't like it. That's fair. I don't like it. Then get out. Cancel. Save your month and come back next month. So there's no guarantee. So the problem with that is when you state that there's going to be that kind of a premise on this, that there's only going to be so many bikes, is that, oh, I'm limited to whatever they have left and it's all of these or it's only this, right? The people are going to be holding on to because now I'm like, I've got the XSR 900 and I'm, for the most part, I want to ride this all the time. I'm never going to turn it in, right? Sure. Nobody cares. That's not helping you sell this program to more people. And I still have to have 10, I have to have more than 10 bikes. Because if that's the no, one no, that's no. gone all now the time. Now I have to have more than 10 bikes. Okay, so let's say sure. I've only got three. I've got 15 bikes, right? You're telling me that I've only got three times three, three the five, five of the available bikes. Sure. Three to, three to five because it, Three of each, I've got to have 15 bikes sure. stored somewhere, right? Easy. Five of each, i got to have 25 bikes stored somewhere. And this is easy? Yep. This is, this is very 
critical retail space that they could have a bike that they're actually going to sell sitting on the showroom floor. It's a concern. That's all I'm saying. I think it's more likely that you'd have a container that you would ride your bike to. Sure. And that container in the middle of downtown somewhere or at different locations throughout the city that you can ride. It has a key exchange, a way to check it back out, lock it up, and you leave on your new bike that you're renting okay. for that period of time. I don't care about the logistics. I'm just arguing. No, the, this is I'm a telling you plan. that this is no, this is a big piece of that, man. This is huge. Where you're going to have these bikes stored is huge because they can't just have it sitting around. I'm just starting. I'm just starting there. I'm just starting there. I love the idea. I think it's too expensive personally, but I understand it. You got to have some margin there for people to make money. I don't have to have the insurance and I can stop paying into this program next month. In the winter time, that company is going to be sitting on 15 bikes to 25 bikes at some location. Six, 15 certified used bikes that will sell quickly. In the middle of winter. Yep. No. And then they're going to have to start up the program again. And this isn't this isn't sustainable. I'm trying to figure out a means for this to be okay. sustainable. And it may not be a Northwest thing, but it's sustainable in Nevada. It's sustainable in Arizona, in California, in Texas, in Florida. It's sustainable in these states. We've got listeners all over, and it's sustainable in a lot of these states. Maybe some. Maybe a listener is going to tell us where it's sustainable. I'd love for somebody to tell us whether this is crackpot crazy or sounds like something that would actually make it in the real world. Somebody's got to somebody's got to write in and let me know because I'm I'm kind of on the fence, but at the same time I'm having a really hard time seeing how something like this could work. I love the idea of having five bikes that I can just take, man. I can, I want a cruiser. I'm going to go for a ride. I'm going to do get a cheap sport touring bike, and you and I and the rest of the so, group are going to go down to Nevada or to Utah, and I'm going to have it for that. And then when I get back, I'm going to be back on my, you know, let's say it's an FZ07 or something, right? I, something that's relatively, that's fun around town, light, can do what I want it to. And then, oh, well, maybe the next week we're, it's another guy, another group of guys from work want to go out and ride some trails. Then I can get my dual sport. And I'm just paying single premium because as soon as I have two bikes or three bikes Correct. that I'm trying to pay for that are brand new, including all the maintenance, including all the insurance, including um, the storage for that and everything else, I exceed that 400 450 whatever you said it was exactly. i exceed that price two bikes you exceed it but based right. on your payments and your insurance two bikes is now more expensive than this plan right right because of the insurance and and especially when it's a vehicle that you know two vehicles for two adults at home right usually you're each driving a vehicle separately to different locations mm-hmm. in this situation you're only ever using one anyway right right and especially if you live near let's say it's a container let's say it's a dealership either way if you live near the drop off pickup pickup point you could switch out whenever as easy as you want. Just check the app, maybe, you know, what's available. Cool, I'm going to go swap out now. Mm-hmm. Go. Now, you know, I think this goes a lot of ways. It could go private. It could go based on, you know, dealership. It could go based on manufacturer. I don't know. All I know is I don't have the investment money to do it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to figure out I'm how I'm not this sure if work. it's even a viable business. I think but, what it would have, there would be too many rules. They would state that for one single bike, you can have it only for seven days. You can't no. recheck it out after this. No, this is how these kind of things would work, man. No. I'm telling you, we didn't see any of the information on the Nissan program. But I guarantee but this that's is not how it would work because they don't have enough 
um, area to store all these bikes, nor make it so that way it's actually something that they can go in. Because I don't want to hear when I'm buying, or sorry, not buying, but getting into this program. Well, I don't know if those bikes are going to be really available. You're going to have to check on this app and... And you're going to have to check the times that it's already been checked out, and then you can finally get in so, it. No. Here's the deal. It doesn't work. How many people are buying a more than $300 a month motorcycle? I don't think it's a huge number. Oh, I think that it's pretty high. The high-end bikes yeah. selling new are not all over. Tens of thousands of people, if not hundreds, sure. 100,000 people. I don't know how many people are Of those are people, how many are going to now pay a premium for... So now, in that class, we're talking $16,000, $17,000 plus bike, right? Yeah. That's what they're paying for. Yeah. Now, how many people are going to pay that same amount or more for a 900cc, for an FZ09, that you could also get new old stock for seven grand? So this is the, the, the conversation I'm having here is I don't think this business model is a mass sales model. I don't think you're going to end up with 25 people on the plan if in your dealership. But as a dealership, I need to make money on this plan. And making and you will. $50 a month on having to purchase and have available initially 15 bikes, I just don't, I just don't see it happening. I'm trying to understand how they have the market and the availability for this. I agree. It's not going to be... We're not talking everybody's going to go into this program. So, I, Brad, I understand you're emotionally attached to this and you're getting really upset. I'm very mad. The, the tears are unnecessary. But what I'm trying to get across is on a logical standpoint, where does this plan sit? So if we look at it, Nissan's got this plan at 700 and 900 respectively. Yeah, yeah. I, Porsche's got one that's 1800 a month. You can rent Porsches. Through the manufacturer, whenever you want, swap them out and go. Uh, there was one historically through... Oh, why can't I remember the statistic on this? Do you remember? There was another company that had done this in the past. And they did a similar plan, but it was... I think it was Ford. Maybe it was Bull Taco. Cadillac. It was Cadillac. No. Oh. Who did it in the past. But theirs was $1,200. So, I mean, there are price points where they are literally trying to catch a very niche group to pay for the rights to drive 15 cars or five cars, whatever it is, right? Those plans, we could have looked them up. I didn't. My bad. But focusing on the Nissan plan, similar thing could be said about the bikes, right? Maybe 450 is too low, right? I haven't done the mathematics. I haven't. I've done the basic math of comparison between bike and car. There are other expenses that a dealer has that I just don't see not being a dealer. It's very likely that that price point needs to be higher or different or the structure needs to change to your right. point. Somebody lays down a bike versus uh, getting in a small collision in a car uh, for a for somebody that's carrying insurance or whatever that insurance company is. They're very quick to total a bike. Well, that really affects its value as compared to a car that it would affect its value but maybe you don't care as much because that same car is going to get fixed. It's going to be nice and somebody could still um, rent it or have that in their uh, um, any car lease program, if you will, or whatever we want to call it, rental program. I don't know. 
I don't know. I think it's very appealing, and but I just don't. I'm my mind goes right to the logical. How does this work? I'm trying to figure out how this would have to be structured to be um, an actually decent business model that makes money. Well, well maybe think... maybe you don't care about that. No, it doesn't need to make money. It just needs to make us happy. Makes, make us stick it to the man. Stick it to the man aside us. No? I don't know. Um, nonetheless, I think there is something to be found here. I will be very interested to see how Nissan's plan goes. They're trying to revitalize something that really hasn't been successful for Cadillac and Porsche. But they saw it and they're still doing it. They're doing it at definitely a more competitive price. And I believe this is more limited options. I think it, definitely the price point seems to be... At that two car dollar amount. Sure. $700. Any more though? People are spending that on one car these days. If you look at a new truck, that's your monthly payment. The difference is, and what I struggle with, is that it's a perpetual monthly payment with zero equity. Not that a car is a good investment or a good source of equity. Right. But it's at least worth something at the end that you've you've paid for it and you have something. Yes. Where you can get something back for it. When you're just continually paying without having anything in your name. I I mean, I guess I get both sides. I, I don't like that personally, but I also understand the lack of responsibility that that also entails. That now, if you get fired and life gets hard, you're yeah. not worrying about figuring out how to finish your payments. You just stop paying and you're done. Yeah. If... You know, something happens medically. You know, there's there's reasons that people struggle financially. And it's, I mean, anymore, especially with the cost of housing and things for the younger generations coming up. I mean, mm-hmm. ourselves included. It's really expensive. And, you know, having things that, you know, maybe you can afford today, but may not be able to, be able to afford six months from now, you don't have to worry about it. There's not a sense of, you know, long-term responsibility on that. Is that how you operate? Would you do this? I would not. I would not either. But I am also one that, that doesn't <laughs> like to carry debt <laughs> or have these things. I mean, I guess theoretically this resolves my lack of debt issue. You wouldn't have debt on the vehicle because it's not debt. You're renting something. Yeah. You're paying sure for a service. You you're not pay paying for in a good. Advance. You wouldn't pay at the end of the month, right? That's just how these kind of things work. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically it would help there, but I would rather have a vehicle. But I drive often. And I drive... I use my vehicles. I mean, I mean the, the truck part makes sense. I have a truck. I use it very limited. Yeah, but those trucks, it doesn't state whether or not you're getting a full-featured four-wheel drive vehicle That's with fair. actual decent off-road tires and being able to actually utilize it for that. Or if it's a two-wheel drive base model, completely bone stock with the four-banger in it, four little four-cylinder, right? The car world's quite a bit different than the bike world. Agreed. Right. So I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. I want to. I want to. I want to see somebody take this idea and run with it and show me how it could work. Because I think that it's. I think that there's an opportunity here, but it's how you manage it that. I works. I agree. I think this is an opportunity, like you said, for maybe a multi dealership owner, right? Someone that that is pretty well versed in running. And has maybe multiple inventories to pull from mm-hmm. that could collect and have that storage space. 
Uh, or like we talked about a manufacturer setup thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, that's what it looked like the Nissan deal was based on Nissan corporate, but how that's rolled out, I'm sure it's elective. I don't think that all dealers generally, that's the case with a lot of these manufacturers. The dealers don't have to participate. Only your participating dealers can help and support. Right. Um, so I, but I, I, I feel like there's something there. I read the Nissan item and, and just, you know, looking at the price point of it, it's not terrible. I want to see this as a red box. And that's basically what we're talking about, though, except one that comes to your door is DoorDash version of Redbox. Yeah, right? I don't care about it coming to my door. I can understand the car, on a car maybe. I understood. But on a motorcycle. But I agree. You I, know what? I don't really I don't care. think there's a problem with that or even bringing it back to the dealer. They don't have to worry about the logistics of riding it out and riding it back. Yeah. I think it's more appealing if I don't have to go to a dealer. I just go somewhere random and I don't see or interact with anybody. There's a method for me to be able to return the bike. I think your liability get gets a lot one. higher at that point. Maybe. But, you know, because now you can't monitor if people put it away right, if people did right, set everything up right, how that worked. Because if somebody doesn't close the door correctly after they swap out or whatever, the lockbox or wherever it is, so now you have you've a centralized location bikes. with somebody that there's only certain hours of operation. There's cameras. There's a visual check-in. You have to have somebody monitoring it and hitting green buttons, go buttons, whatever it may be for things to take place. But I, I, I think that it's possible. Man. Functioning very similar to a rental lot. I see it very much as a, a as rental adjacent. Except on a newer, well, rental cars are often new, but on a more long-term basis. Yeah. You're basically getting a long-term rental that you can swap out for the similar class of vehicle. For a rental, though, I don't care as much about what car. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I don't But if know. you were renting for a three-month period, you would. Yeah. Right? And so I'd be even more pissed if they didn't have the, the car or the bike that I needed. Maybe multiple uh, manufacturers all get together. Therefore, each of them has five of each. And now you've got 15 of a similar class of bike. I don't know how it would work, but I agree. I'd like to see this happen. I'd like to see how it works. Um, if anybody's played in this game, if you've owned a dealership or, or played with this, let or us know. Or heard of a dealership that's done this. This seems like something somebody could have done. That's the problem I have. Is it, it, it feels like something I've never seen, but so simple that someone has to have done this. Yeah. I mean, Porsche, Cadillac, Nissan is now starting it. It's just manufacturing-based rentals. Yeah. I mean, it's basically fleet market, right? We're talking now fleet market where you you sell 10 cars to one manuf- or one fleet mm-hmm. that you know will be returned back and you can then deal with as a used vehicle that you get the equity of. I just think the risk-benefit analysis as well is a big one. We need to talk. I don't know. if I, We're probably going to be done with this. I don't know if we're going to do another episode on this, but I, I think it would end up being about the same cost as a Nissan. I think it would be $700 a month. It might be. There's no, I mean, what's protecting you in a car versus in a bike? How do you know if somebody's had enough experience to ride a bike and be safe versus a car? You know that at least it's got some sort of an enclosure around it that's keeping them that way if they're not wearing, you know. Yeah, but similar to the insurance conversation, most states only require bare minimum liability. They don't cover you. They don't cover what you did. They just cover the other person. Yeah, but there's a lot of skin in the game, right? There's a lot in the game as far as me making this purchase and understanding the risks associated with it and signing up for that as opposed to a dealership. And now somebody with big pockets is managing all of that. And so the family has 
a somebody that they can go to with a lawsuit. I think I think that there's something to be said Same about that. Same thing can be said well. about a used bike purchase. It's different. It's different. I made the purchase. I got the insurance. I knew what I was getting into to some extent. Yeah. To to the majority of the extent. I think we'd have to understand the process better, but we're trailing off. So let's I'm end sorry. This. You're getting. We're we're both getting boring. We're getting old. I'm boring, but I'm sorry, guys. We're getting old. You're getting old. Yeah, old. You don't even have any gray hairs. How can old. you say That's that? That's definitely not true. Oh, Honda Appreciate pulls it, his though. out. Did you know that? That's weird. Okay. I'm talking about the motorcycles. <laughs> Nonetheless, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Check us out on uh, slackermoto.com, slackermotoradio.com. Of course, check out our Patreon page. And uh, hit us up on Facebook. Let us know if you've got experience with this, if you've had this thought. you know, Let, let us know your thoughts, what your... Your opinions are, we'd like to know how crazy we are uh, in this situation, but uh, look forward to hearing back. Otherwise, the weather is starting to pick up in most states. People are getting their tax returns back. People are getting their tax returns back. People are buying old used Buells. I mean, things are moving up. So if you get the chance, go out and ride. Till next time, ride on. (laughs) 